G'day folks and welcome back to Giving What We Can, where we explore how to use our resources to do the most good. In this episode, I'm joined by Simran Daliwal, the co-CEO of Longview Philanthropy. Longview Philanthropy is a non-profit organisation who design and execute bespoke giving strategies for major donors. Their grant recommendations are driven by the conviction that we can use evidence and reason to find the highest impact opportunities in the world. In this episode, Simran provides an overview of their grant-making work, the problems they're working to solve, and shares a bit about her journey to effective giving. So without further ado, here's Simran. Tim, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. It'd be great if you could start by just telling us a little bit about yourself and the work you do at Longview. Thanks so much for having me. Um, yeah, I'm Sim. I'm the Managing Director at Longview Philanthropy. We're an advisory and grant-making organisation, a long-termist grant-making organisation. Um, and a bit about me, I came across EA in sort of 2011. So I was at Oxford doing my undergrad and I actually went to a Giving What We Can talk, which was, I think, my first exposure to EA ideas. And it just really, really resonated with me. And then from there, just, yeah, became more part of the community. You said that Longview is a long-termist grant-making organisation. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and what that looks like? Yeah, absolutely. So we've been around for about four years now. And historically, we've done uh, long-termist grant-making in areas like AI safety and biosecurity. And we're really expanding our grant-making now. Uh, so we're kind of expanding the team. And we've got Tyler John, who leads on our Global Priorities Research Grant-Making. We've just recently launched a nuclear security grant-making program. So we're actually hiring for that now. So we've got Carl Robichaud, who was a nuclear grant-maker at Carnegie. Um, he's joining in September. And so we're hiring someone to run the program with him. And our CEO, Natalie Cargill, is leading um, long-termist media grant-making projects, so we're really expanding the grant-making we're doing. So are there any other projects that you're working on that you're really excited about? Yeah, absolutely. So in addition to grant-making, we also run events, and we've just actually made some really exciting uh, new events hires, which are, which is great. So we run kind of smallish retreats for, you know, highly influential decision-makers. So last November, we ran a 70-person retreat, and we brought together kind of policymakers, including people from the OECD and the UN. We brought together, you know, academics um, and EA experts, so Will and Toby, um, and people from OpenFilm, and uh, communicators, so top YouTubers, best-selling authors, um, and then major philanthropists. And bringing those people together to kind of socialise long-termism amongst really important decision-makers, because I think you've got really, really amazing projects happening, but it's how do we convert that to action, and how do we make sure people in positions of influence are hearing about long-termism in a kind of high-fidelity way. So we, we also, yeah, run retreats, and we, we plan to run retreats um, to support our grant making also so running kind of a retreat on media grant making so bringing together people in the media field and people who are thinking about ideas um, potentially for our new grant making areas so our events team might assist Tyler in running a global priorities research retreat or when our new hire starts in the nuclear space running a nuclear security uh, retreat so we can bring together major players in the field and make cool things happen. Amazing very exciting stuff. If you were speaking to someone who's completely new to long-termism, how would you pitch the idea uh, of the importance of it and, and the work that you do and how that can have that impact? So I guess um, we, we all came from different backgrounds at Longview. So I, I came, I, I initially was really, really excited about the work that people were doing in global health and well-being. And as I learned about long-termism, sort of back in 2014, 2015, about the idea that the future could be really vast and really wonderful. And there are all of these future people and they matter morally. And I think once you kind of, Sit, sit with that idea and and 
and it resonates with you and you think future people do matter, you realise there's a huge obligation kind of now to do things to safeguard those future generations and not only make sure they exist, but make sure it's a really flourishing, wonderful future. And I think it's really, really neglected. So if you look at the field of uh, AI safety, I guess there are like many thousands of people working to make AI more advanced, but there aren't so many people working to make sure it's safe and aligned with human values. So that's just kind of one example um, of where the, you know, the impact could be really large, but it's pretty neglected, basically. So I was really convinced by these arguments and when Natalie uh, founded Longview and invited me to to join her, um, I mean, initially it was really uh, it was really scary because it was leaving my kind of job in finance to do this small startup. But they were amazingly successful in their first year, and I was really really excited to join. Uh, and it was really really motivating to get to work on the thing I really really cared about. And so, how we try to have an impact in practice is to fund you know people, projects, organisations that are really dedicated to safeguarding future generations. So perhaps they're working on a research project to try to understand a problem better to inform the field. Maybe they're running conferences to bring together experts in the field to make sure they're understanding each other when they talk about things in their field. Maybe that's building a certain type of like technology or screening processes to make technology more safe. Or, you know, teaching buyer, if you've got an academic who's really dedicated to global priorities research, but they've got loads of teaching to do, can we buy them out their teaching so they can do more, they can do more research in GPR? Um, so really, really wide variety of projects, but it's really exciting that we are in a position where we get to support those people doing those projects. Yeah. So it'd be really great to hear about the experience of working with the donors uh, who are interested in uh, supporting long-term projects and how that experience has been. We're really, really lucky to work with the people we get to work with. So we work... Um, we're a very small team, so we focus on working with ultra high net worth individuals and foundations, and they typically tend to be sort of uh, self-made entrepreneurs. So these are people who are really exceptional, who've built their own kind of fortune, and then are really looking to give that away. So we're very, very lucky to get to do that. Some public people that we that we work with, so we do Sam Harris's philanthropy, we do Lincoln Quirk's philanthropy, and and a, and a bunch of other individuals too. And we also work with um, some of the big foundations. So we, you know, very familiar with uh, Open Philanthropy. Work we work with them more on the kind of grant making side and then uh, FTX Future Fund um, and the FTX Foundation we work with them as well um, and yeah it's just brilliant to get to work with these people who have made a lot of money and then want to give it away um, and these people generally are really excited about the uh, potential for safeguarding future generations. Are the common motivations you hear from people about how they got to that position? I think it really varies some people we meet are really early on their EA journey so sometimes we meet people who um, are introduced to us by someone in the EA community and say hey like this person is thinking about giving they can give on a pretty large scale but they they're interested in EA ideas but they haven't heard very much and then our CEO Natalie she will take them through the kind of philosophical and practical underpinnings of like what informs EA thinking and what informs long-termist thinking. So sometimes we take them on that journey of introducing them to long-termism and long-termist concepts and all of the different cause areas and what cool projects are happening in those in those spaces. So um, often we introduce them to the ideas. And I think then often it's a, like a light bulb thing of if you haven't ever really considered future generations, it's kind of amazing when you do take a step back and think, wow, this is something I've never thought of before. Um, and this is something where I could have a really big impact because it's really neglected. I mean, it's really, really hard to to reliably know if you're if you're having a positive impact on the future. But it's 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 hard, but it's worth doing. Um, so that's kind of one motivation. And some people, um, you know, some people say, oh, I read Nick Bostrom's paper. And you're like, great. OK, <laughs> you're going to be very easy to work with. So, yeah. Have you found that there are sometimes resistance uh, with people who've come to work with you with a particular idea of what might be happening um, and you have to coach them through that more? Um, we haven't had that problem particularly, no, because I think the people we tend to work with are really, really open-minded. I think to take 
uh, long-termism seriously. You have to be willing to be pretty open-minded and, and think about ideas you maybe haven't thought of before. So we haven't had that much resistance. Something we do have sometimes is people coming in saying, you know, I, I really, really care about climate change or I really care about um, issue eggs. And we say, like, that's awesome. That's a really, really important area. Have you thought about these other areas? This is why we think this is especially neglected and, and that area is important, but this is kind of what we do. And we don't really deviate too much from what we think is um, the most important, most impactful work. So you mentioned earlier that you started off caring a lot about global health and development and focusing on that as one of the world's most pressing problems. Over time, you shifted to focusing on the long-term future. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that's quite consequential that you have changed your mind about in the last year or so? Yeah, so I guess on that change, I mean, I think the work that people are doing in global health and development is really, really exciting. And I'm really excited for more people to support that. So yeah, historically, I just, and it was kind of easy from my perspective, when I was working in finance, I could just give the GiveWell maximum impact fund or give to the GiveWell top charities. And that felt like an awesome thing to do. And that felt really fulfilling. And then yeah, as I learned more about the ideas, I felt like on the margin, long term work was, was more neglected. And that was like, yeah, I guess a quite big yeah, shift. In the last year, I think in the last year or two years, I guess one thing that I've changed my mind on in, in terms of leading uh, Longview is hiring. So we've been around for four years. We're currently a team of six. So we're very small and we've done a lot. And I think there was a lot of advice around hiring very slowly and being very cautious. I think I probably took that advice too much to heart and I'm very much looking forward to growing a lot this year and we're hiring a lot. I think we've already had five hires confirmed and we've got three jobs that are live. And yes, yeah, so I think that we have really, really big ambitions. And I think it's making sure you've got enough and the right staff in place to meet those ambitions, rather than having the kind of staff you do have who are extremely dedicated and making that happen. It's it's knowing when to expand. So that's something I've really updated on. You've been involved in effective altruism and effective giving for quite a number of years. Uh, what are some changes that you've seen uh, that you think are really great? And what, what are some things that you're uh, tentatively worried about that see like paths forward that we could be really good if we if we take the right path? So I think I'm really, really excited about the new funding landscape. I think there's so much opportunity. This is a community of extremely dedicated altruists. And like, I love coming to EA Global because you're just surrounded by awesome people who are really, really trying to make the world better. I find it really inspiring to be here. And it used to be like the highlight of my year. Uh, so back in 2015, 16, I remember wondering if I'd get into the EA Global in 2015. I was so thrilled to get in. So I think this community is really special. And I'm really excited that we have more resource to do things to make that change happen. I guess I'm... There is a bit of me that is concerned with with all of this. Uh, and this is kind of really reflected in Will's opening talk at EA Global this year of like being ambitious, but understanding the responsibility that comes with that and making sure that we still hold ourselves to really high standards in the projects that we run and making sure, you know, people are still really doing this for the right reasons. And I think they will be, but that's just something that um, I hope we keep our eye on as a community. You're someone who's uh, taken the Giving What We Can pledge and have donated a lot yourself over the years, but you also work with large donors. As someone who is familiar with both perspectives, what's the difference that uh, small donors can have uh, and particularly their point of advantage compared to large donors? Uh, I think this is a great question. And so I think if you're, it depends what your what your giving looks like. I think if you're, if you're giving in the global health space, Every dollar you give, or every $5,000 you give, you, you're having a real impact to the life of somebody um, alive today. And I think that just doesn't really diminish. So I think that you, your, your dollars are just as impactful as a dollar from a major donor. So I kind of feel like in that space, you can just kind of 
continue to give to give well and their their most impactful charities and and feel really good about that giving and that's that's I think probably what I would do if I was in that position I guess in the long term of space it's a bit more difficult because you now got very very large donors who can fund these very large projects and I think that if you are in the EA community and you kind of have a network and you understand you know who's starting cool projects and like what people are working on I think you might be well positioned to see an opportunity and if you've kind of have your annual pot of your 10% or more that you're looking to give, you might be able to see an opportunity and act really quickly in a way that the other kind of big grant making organizations like Longview or Openfill, FTX Future Fund might not. Although I think the people grant makers are moving towards funding more quickly. I think the Future Fund is a really amazing example of this, of funding things really quickly and getting back to grantees really quickly. But I do think that if you're in the community, you might see smaller opportunities. So like, oh, this person needs like $5,000 to get this project off the ground. I, that's, that's, you know, that's my annual pot. I can make that happen. And I think that seeing those opportunities and being able to fund them could be, you know, it's a really valuable part of the ecosystem, I think, for, for smaller donors to, to fund. Me, myself, I'll, I'm just going to put into the long view pot because I see our grant makers. I think they're excellent. And that that's... Um, that's kind of where my donations will go because I get to see the amazing work they do. And um, yes, it's a drop in the ocean versus the, the donors that we work with, but I'll keep some back for, yeah, for exactly that. Where if, if I see a project where I can just fun- make it happen really, really quickly, then I keep some back to, to allow myself to do to do that. Yeah, wonderful. What's the plan for growing Longview Philanthropy over the coming years? I know there's a lot of growth at the moment. It'd be really great to hear about yeah, where that's all heading. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I could just talk about Longview all day. Um <laughs> Yeah, Longview is a really exciting point. So our kind of like strategy for this year is is to increase our focus on grant making. Uh, the second pillar of our strategy this year is make it the best place to work in the world, which I think is my job. And the third pillar is to hire to make one and two happen. So in terms of expanding our you know, grant making, we've got two jobs that are live right now. So we've got a generalist long-termist researcher and they'd work alongside my colleague Kit Harris and we're looking for quite an active grant maker in that space and they could specialise in a specific field if they've got a particular background but that's kind of looking for someone who's really excellent really understands long-termism and can make grants in that in, in any one of those areas we're also looking for a specific nuclear security co-lead so we've had a great luck and we've managed to hire Carl Robichaud so Carl spent 13 years at Carnegie as a nuclear program officer there so a grant maker at Carnegie Foundation and he's been in the field for sort of 20 30 years so he's really well established excellent communicator really well connected in the field I think he was a an advisor for Toby's nuclear chapter in the precipice so he's been involved in the community for a number of years he's starting at Longview full-time in September which is very very exciting he's also extremely lovely he's currently on a world tour with his family so I think they're in Egypt they've just been going up the Nile he's got three young kids so he, he's really wonderful and I can't wait for him to join and it's looking for someone to work with Carl and to build that nuclear security program so to really decide you know what is the strategy we want to have in this space and then communicating that strategy to people to make those projects happen and we're not sure what that strategy is going to be yet but what we're looking for there is someone who really gets long-term considerations and can understand how work in the nuclear field not only impacts the nuclear field but how it interacts with other existential risks yes yeah, so we're really excited to fill, fill that role um, there's been a lot of changes in the nuclear security field. I mean, it's obviously very topical right now. But last year, MacArthur Foundation, which is the, um, I think it was sort of, depending on the measure, almost half of the nuclear security funding in the space. So they've exited. So they've got a three-year capstone grant. They'll be do, they'll be paying out their last grants in 2023. So that, that there was a void in the field. We've been involved in the field for a number of years because 
We're part of the Peace and Security Funders Group, and that brings together, you know, all the major foundations. So Carnegie, MacArthur, Skoll, Rockefeller, Plowshare, so all of the big funders. And we're part of a nuclear security working group, which we kind of snuck in because we weren't really doing that much nuclear security grant making, but I really wanted to learn from all the major foundations. So we were in that conversation. We learned about MacArthur exiting the field, and we had a time of reflection saying, you know, is this time for EAs to step up and get involved in the field? You know, it hasn't been as much of a focus for EAs, but there's we could potentially do a lot of good and we could potentially learn a lot. So we were actually yeah putting this plan together late last year. We worked with Damon Binder at FHI alongside Kit Harris and Carl was an advisor. And as we worked together more, decided we would launch the nuclear security program. We've made one grant to the Council on Strategic Risks. That was a 1.6 million grant over two years. But I think we're really going to wait for further grants until our kind of strategy is in place. So that's a really exciting what we're hiring for. They're both live now. They're both on a rolling basis. So they don't actually have a deadline. We're just going to wait to find the right person. And the third role, which I'm really excited about, is an executive assistant to the CEO. So our CEO, Natalie Cargill, she's brilliant. I'm very biased because we're also very good friends. Um, but she's brilliant. She's, she, you know, she founded Longview from nothing and she really, she sets the strategy and she's the visionary behind the organisation. She deals with all of our kind of key stakeholder relationships. So all of the philanthropists we work with, all of the big stakeholders we work with. Um, she's the kind of main point of contact. She's also spinning up a media grant making program. And that's kind of thinking about what ideas do we want out there and how do we make that happen? So one example of an idea that we might want to be more prevalent is moral circle expansion. So, you know, the idea that over time we've really expanded our moral circle to non-human animals and to women and to people of colour. And, you know, what are the next steps? And, you know, one might argue that future generations is kind of the next step there. And this is an idea that, you know, seems kind of robustly good. And so how do we get that idea out there? There are lots of ideas like this. this is, that's just one example. And she's kind of, you know, learning about the space, learning about things like, you know, how do Hollywood blockbusters get made? How do Netflix documentaries get made? Books, op-eds, YouTube videos, podcasts, and all of these different forms of media. And, and what tool, what tools can we use to, to, to share these ideas with more people? So that's really, really exciting. I mean, I think it's, I think it's in a lot of ways the most exciting grant making area we're working on now, but we, but we have to take it really seriously because if you're thinking about messaging, that's really important. There's lots of things you have to consider there. So this person would work extremely closely with Natalie. The dream is that they become a hive mind, basically, and they would be helping Nat with her um, kind of daily communications with like research ahead of meetings. So she's meeting with the head of like this very important production company, researching that, researching how not only, you know, into that person, into that organisation, but how does that fit in with our work? What are their recommendations on what she should focus on? So I see this role as potentially a very, very rich one and where the ideal candidate is working with Natalie and, and potentially even shaping how some of these projects go. So I'm very, very excited about that role. Later on in the year, we are probably going to be hiring for research assistants. So yeah, growing the team significantly this year. Amazing. Well, this has been really fascinating. I really appreciate your time. Before we finish off, it would be really great to hear uh, what are the asks you might have for anyone listening to this? We've already talked about hiring, but if there's uh, anything else that you'd like to finish off with. Yeah, so I guess for those in the EA community, if you happen to know an ultra high net worth individual and they, they might be open to giving, then f always feel free to introduce them to us and we'll try to take the time and educate them about EA and long-termism um, and assist them with their grant making. Otherwise, I think, yeah, just keep an, yeah, keep an eye out for roles that we've got. Um, and I would just be really, really encouraging, I guess, as to give some kind of context on what we're really excited about is people with kind of yeah experience so if you're if you're like a young and enthusiastic EA I think there's yeah there's real 
drive to immediately be having impact. And I kind of just want to say it's okay to go and get some uh, experience first. So go and work at a startup and learn, you know, the inner workings of a really ambitious organization or go and work at a professional organization and take some learnings there and, and be okay with the fact that you might not be having direct impact for the first few years of your career. But then when you join an EA organization or you do more direct work, you'll be even better placed to do that. Because I think we find a lot of you know, EAs fresh out of university really wanting to do work and, and they absolutely shouldn't feel disappointed if they don't immediately land at an EA organisation. So that would be kind of one message I've got for, for people. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time today. It's been lovely chatting. Uh, really great to hear about the work that Longview is doing. Great. Thanks so much, Luke. Cheers. Thanks for lending me your ears for the duration of this episode. I hope you found it to be insightful. Don't forget to check out givingwhatwecan.org, where you can find our research on high-impact causes, donate to highly effective charities, and join our community of compassionate people. Finally, if someone you know will get value from this episode, why not share it with them? And until next time, keep on doing good.